At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thank you for listening. We've got Brian Curtis from The Ringer and the host of the Press Box Podcast on this week's show to go through a slew of sports media topics, everything from the Tom Brady retirement announcement mess to Tony Romo's AFC title game, which was rough, to... Uh, Troy Aikman and his great performance in the NFC title game to the um, future of Al Michaels. Uh, Brian just had Al Michaels on his podcast. We get into the horrific radio row and what that's all about and a couple of other topics along the way. So it's a lot of topics to go through with Brian Curtis, who covers media for the ringer. No train of thoughts with Sal this week. He had the week off. Uh, He'll be back next week. So, um, we can get right into this episode. Just a reminder, last week was a mega episode, very long. If you missed it, didn't have the time, uh, check it out, though. It was good. We had Roman Reigns from WWE, Jim Nance, Joe Buck were all on last week, and they were all outstanding. So if you missed it, check that out. Also, since there's no train of thoughts, let me just take one minute here to uh, beg and plead. Please subscribe. Please rate and review. It helps the podcast tremendously. If you're not a subscriber, uh please hit that subscribe button. The more subscribers, the better. And if you can leave a review, that helps too. I got a lot of great feedback on last week's pod, but not a lot of people left reviews on Apple. I know it's a pain in the ass, but if you can do that, it does help me a lot. All right. Like I said, uh, big episode last week with Roman Reigns, Joe Buck, Jim Nance. So make sure you check that out if you missed it. And now we will get to this week's episode with uh, so many sports media stories going on. We had to cover it all and we did it with Brian Curtis from the ringer right here on the SI media podcast. All right. Joining me now, always a good conversation when he joins the podcast. So much sports media news this week, Brian Curtis from the ringer and the press box podcast. Brian, how are you? They're keeping us busy this week, aren't they, Jimmy? Last couple of weeks. It's, it's, you know, when you get these, these NFL games with 
40 and 50 million viewers. The announcers take center stage and then you have a lot of insanity from the past couple of days. Um, originally, I wanted to lead with Romo, but we'll lead with Brady. Really bizarre couple of days, obviously, with the Saturday report by Schefter and Darlington. Goes on his radio show Monday, says he's taking it day by day, not ready to make a decision. And then at like 8.30 Tuesday morning, he makes the decision. And then there's this whole thing here with, you know, he's doing a show for ESPN Man in the Arena. He's got a serious XM show. I, how does he not... I get that he wants to control it and do it on his own platforms. And then he ends up just doing it on Instagram. And uh, did you hear the Monday, the serious show on Monday? I, I just, I'm relying on your transcription of it here. He sounded so miserable discussing it. <laughs> so obviously there was some grand plan that got blown up. Would, would, would that be safe to assume? Yeah. Cause he's, and he likes, we know he likes multimedia announcements. Because he's done that the last couple of years. So we think, so our theory here is that he had, you know, an episode of Man in the Arena or some thing that he designed on his own that was ready to go out. And that would be the word. And then Darlington and Schefter scooped him. And then he abandoned the plan to do the multimedia thing. That's the idea here. It's one idea. I think there are multiple ideas out there. I mean, what's fascinating from the media angle, and I don't know if, you have to be really in the woods on this. And it's something that you and I can appreciate more than other people, but he has a platform on ESPN with man on the arena. He has the serious XM show, but let's just focus on man in the arena. It's interesting to me that ESPN reporters would break it when he has this show. It seems like maybe a missed opportunity. I don't know. It just, the whole thing is strange. Yeah. And I, I just think that's one of those things. I mean, Look, ESPN navigates this all the time, right? They're paying Tom Brady indirectly lots of money because they show NFL games and they are allowed to show NFL highlights on their air. So, I mean, I think we could say a lot of things about ESPN newsbreakers, but I don't think they would sit on this due to corporate instructions. I really don't. I don't either. And you have a great look. If corporate tells you not to, you've got a great way to do it, which is just tweet it out. And I think that, you know, they regarded, look, Tom Brady's retirement is a big story, especially in transactions scoop world at least it's a really big story and we're just going to get it if we get it we're going to report it and we're not going to worry about it and as you i think you said in your column they look great now i mean they 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 were right and endured a lot of non-denial denials for three days and i thought it was interesting they stood by it the entire time they never once wavered when the father came out bruce arian said something the the bucks gm said he hasn't informed us you know, there were there were three to five big sort of things that came out after the ESPN report in terms of denying it. And then ESPN, though, they they stuck with it the entire time. Clearly, they knew they had it and they knew they were right. Um, and I think the other factor in this we haven't brought up yet is, you know, I'm sure Tom and I'm sure the NFL were livid that that came out. 24 hours before the championship games. I mean, that's it. Say what you want about Tom Brady. I mean, I don't think he wanted that at all. He doesn't want to steal the thunder from the, from the title games. Um, so that was another layer in all of this. Not to mention all the sports writers had to work on a Saturday because <laughs> man, we go, we go, we go Monday to Friday. We got this huge football Sunday where we're just going to, you know, go into football coma. We've right. got this 24 hour window 
where we have nothing to do. And now we're all getting notes from our bosses that go, hey, hey do you have a column? You, you got anything on the Brady retirement? <laughs> It's and like, it's happening again yeah. because with, with the Brian Flores thing, which, which we'll discuss as well. Um, the last thing on this, this is what I wrote about on Tuesday. Jim Gray asking Tom Brady if it was disrespectful to all he's accomplished that Schefter and Darlington would report this. I, this is the same guy who badgered Pete Rose at the All-Star game about gambling on baseball. I mean... How embarrassing and pathetic was that question? So I did not. I'm again. I'm relying on your transcript there, which I yeah. which I trust you on. It really reminds me. I spent a lot of time on college football message boards. This is probably says something about me. And a lot uh. of times when a recruit is about to make an announcement and they scoop it, you get all these fans of the team going, "Can't you just let the recruit have his moment? Right. Can't you let him have his moment?" And the answer to that is we're all paying $9.95 to know what the recruits are going to do. So this is not this is not the time for us to let him have his moment. We've already right. crossed that Rubicon. And I saw that sentiment, by the way, on Twitter. I heard it at least once on sports radio. You know, doesn't Tom Brady deserve right. to announce his own retirement? And the answer is, of course not. <laughs> right. Course well, that's the other thing. So if Matt Ryan retires, that's okay to break it. But if it's Tom Brady that's not okay because of what he's accomplished. Like, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Unbelievable. This is this whole society that is feeding off news from Adam Schefter and Woj, right? Like that's the smallest yeah. Schefter bomb and Woj bomb gets 900 retweets or something like that. But this is the moment where like, please actually, please do not report the right. retirement of the greatest quarterback right. of all time. Okay. And this is, yeah. Sure. I mean, when, and this is the one everyone wants to know. I, I I could not believe Jim Gray asked. I mean, he's in he's a partner basically of Tom Brady, so I understand it from that standpoint. And the quote, just so you know, and if anyone's listening who read the column Train of Thoughts on Tuesday this week, those quotes were pulled from a serious transcript that they emailed out. So those quote, you know, that quote was exactly what it was. Um just mind-boggling. And it's worth listening to just to hear how miserable Tom Brady is discussing this. It just, it was so clear. He had a plan that got completely annihilated. And you're right. It's an amazing media story because one, he's planning probably whatever multimedia thing he's doing, but then he has these media commitments he has to fulfill that come between the initial Darlington Schefter scoop and the actual announcement. So he has a media commitment yep. where he has to come out and say nothing because he has signed up to do that. I mean, just, Think about that. I, and, I emailed Sirius on Monday morning saying, is Tom doing a radio? Is he still doing any? They wrote back and said, yes, because I thought he wasn't going to go on the air Monday night. And then, I mean, give him credit, you know, stuck to his commitment. <laughs> did they, he did the hit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> told, told, Jim Gray, told Jim Gray what to ask him and, you know, where you go. It's a whole genre, by the way, of people who have news they don't want to discuss, but they have a hit they are obligated to do. Yeah, and that's the yeah. first crack anybody gets at them. That, yeah. That's a great history in sports radio and beyond of that one. Beyond is right. I mean, this has absolutely nothing to do with sports radio, and I'm not going to get into the whole thing of what happened, but just as someone who covers media, obviously a big thing in the, in the media circles this week was this Whoopi Goldberg thing. And, you know, so I don't watch The View, but if you're on Twitter, you see what happens. Didn't think about it again. So I guess she made the comments Monday. And then Tuesday, I'm scrolling through Twitter, as always, and I saw that she was on Colbert Monday night. 
So there's a perfect example of what you said, where she's in this massive amount of controversy and then she has to go do Colbert. Um, and again, you know, I guess you could cancel, but she didn't cancel. So. No. Um, let's talk about Tony Romo for a little bit here on a, on a transition because you wrote about him. I enjoyed the column that you wrote about him last week. Um, and it was interesting because I thought Tony, contrary to what other people thought, I thought Tony and Jim Nance had a good, a good game with Bill's Chiefs, as I wrote. Tony yes. and Jim nailed the biggest moment of the game with the uh, Bills not with the Bills kicking it in the end zone. I know you wrote a positive column about Tony. And then this past week was a rough one, I thought, for Tony. There was um, well, I'll just set it up this way. My thing with analysts now, Tony's a different to compare Tony to other analysts. I think is wrong because he's doing the game unlike other analysts do the game. But my my thing as a viewer, and I guess sort of if you want to say as a media critic or whatever, but just as a fan and a viewer, my number one thing with an analyst is don't get strategy, late game strategy, clock management, timeouts, and the rules wrong. That's the number one thing. I don't people say Tony doesn't get let the game breathe. That doesn't bother me. I don't care if you call a guy by the wrong name. That's going to happen over the course of a three hour broadcast. The strategy and the rule stuff to me, that's and that's where Tony had problems this past week where he wanted one of the teams to challenge a penalty, which you can't, you know, a penalty that wasn't called. You can't do that. Um, Suggesting the Bengals let the Chiefs score. That was not good. No sense. Um, That that, that end of regulation stuff made absolutely, you couldn't even follow the train of thought. Right. The only, the only defense of him in that moment was it was the same train of thought. I think Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs were having when they're like letting themselves get sacked in bounds. And, you know, just like, it would just, it was like, that was just a very wheels off moment. And he had no sort of, he wasn't, he wasn't adding anything to that. So, and just to go back to the column I wrote, I, I sort of said in the column that, a game like Chiefs Bills, where it's just an offensive supernova explosion, and really one of the most important things that analysts can say, and I think sometimes analysts get so caught up in strategy they forget to say it, is this is awesome. Like we need to tell you at home that what you are watching right now is awesome. It's a top five football game, certain playoff game, maybe ever. And I think what Tony came in five years ago, him smiling and being excited was a great reminder. And I've heard this, I'm sure you have from other people in the industry that we need to have fun with this. And we need right. to remember that we're not just professor football here. <laughs> you know, we need right. to tell folks, I'm like, right. this is awesome. Right? right. But then, as I said, in the column, you get to games where the offense is not so awesome. And he actually has to be an, an analyst rather than just be giddy on television. And when he's put in that position, which he also was at the last two Super Bowls, the only two Super Bowls he's called, He's not that great. And he actually just doesn't have anything to say. And, you know, because he just, again, he works so well when the quarterbacks are playing well. And I'll tell you one other thing about this game that was so striking on Sunday. CBS does not cover line play, as far as I can tell. CBS covers quarterbacks, receivers, and maybe running backs. And you watch the Fox broadcast later in the day. They're dialing up. Here's, here's how the 49ers are limiting Aaron Donald and show you a replay package. It right. basically doesn't exist on CBS. CBS is like like seven on seven football. And it's yeah. because I think part of it's because Tony's not interested in it or the producers aren't interested in it. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of times with him, he's not bad, but you get a very incomplete kind of faulty call of a game. And I thought that was absolutely what happened on Sunday. 
And I, and that, that, that was one of the reasons why I thought you'd be great to have on this week. Cause I, I thought you made such a great point in that column about when it's a QB shootout and it's a fun game. Tony's great. When you got to, when it's a little bit of more, the quarterbacks aren't dominating and there's a lot of strategy involved. Then Tony's all over the place. I like Tony all over the place for a regular season game. Maybe, you sure. know, in the playoffs, you got to tighten it up. I like that. He's different. Like, I think, you know, in this in this day and age, it's like either you're with them or against them. Like, I haven't jumped off the Tony bandwagon because he had a bad game. He's, no. I do wonder. I wonder how much Tony's getting from CBS executives. I don't know anything. I'm just I'm just speculating. Like, you know, when he first started out, it was all about the predictions and he was having fun and all that. And I he was told to cut down on the predictions. Um, and now he is a little bit all over the place. And I do wonder if he's getting advice about things not to do. And now he's compensating. I mean, I feel like there's something behind the scenes probably going on there. It's a really interesting question, right? Because on the one hand, if you're CBS, we're paying you $17 million. So you better take some notes. On the other hand, they're paying him seventeen million dollars. So what does he? What notes does he right. take? Right? I, right. I'm the. I showed you. I'm you know the MVP of, or at least the whose contract was up of this whole genre. So I think that's a really good question. I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I always go back to Tony the quarterback. The most, the best thing about Tony the quarterback was his ability to improvise, his just ability in the moment to spin away, you know, in the pocket and make a crazy off schedule play. I think I put in that piece that somebody on another network called him an off schedule announcer, which I think is a really good way to put it. But when it comes to preparation, is he going to out prepare another quarterback? Is he going to out prepare now on TV, another announcer? I don't think so. I don't think he is. It certainly doesn't come through on television if he is. And so again, I'm totally with you. I think sometimes when we talk about this, we're like, this guy's awesome. And this guy sucks. Right. Yes, this is not the case here. He's clearly exactly. a number one announcer. Right. He has good games and he has bad games. And it's okay right. to say that everybody does. But I think it's pretty stark. Chiefs Bills, you could see Tony at his zenith, or at least pretty close. Mm-hmm. And then the next week you could see Tony going, eh. You know, that's that I'd rather have had Aikman or Collinsworth on that call. And maybe it's hard to do that two weeks in a row when you you know, I mean that it almost seems like a natural that'd be a letdown after that Chiefs Bills game. I mean, that really was what ended up being this game that just eclipsed everything people could imagine. You know, and I, you know, I even wrote too. That was a great moment in that game where um, I think it was now. Nah, I, I mean, you forget everything. I think it was Bucker. Bucker was trying to kick a field goal, probably game tying, and Tony said, "I'm nervous." I love that little touch. That's that was what in the like end about of regulation. Tony. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, that was. That was funny. I said, I think it was, it reminded me of sports Twitter, the way people tweet during a game. They're like, Oh, I'm nervous. Oh, this is killing me. Like kind of, that's the way Tony talks on television. Well, yeah, absolutely. And you know, just to, to wrap this, this topic up, I had Nance on this podcast. It was two weeks ago, Adam on the last two weeks, but two weeks ago, he said to me um, that when he does a game with Tony, they're looking at each other and talking to each other and trying to have a conversation more than, they're trying to do a different type of broadcast is what Jim said. And I like that. I like that. It's different because if you watch, if you watch as much football as we do every Sunday, everything's the same. You can't tell one analyst from another, you know, when you get past the number one and two teams, 
you know, you take out the Nance Romo, take out the Buck Aikman. You want to even say Ian and, and, and Charles Davis and Burkhart and Olsen. You get after, after that, everything's the same for the most part. There's some guys yes. that stick out. I'm a very big, interchangeable. Yeah. Very for the most part. There's there's guys, there are a couple of guys who stand out. Um, so I like that Jim and Tony want to be a little different, want to make it more conversational. But I do think in a game like that, AFC title game, especially in the fourth, you got to tighten it up. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Can I say this? Can I say yes, this? Please. Taking guys games by game or game yep. by game. During Chiefs Bills, Jim Nance was awesome. Yeah. That is about yeah. as good as I have ever heard him on football. He, there were so many big calls in that game. He yep. drilled every single one of them. I went back and rewatched that game. Um, mm-hmm. I thought his, I thought he was fantastic during that game. Uh, and it was, it was Nance who brought up, he brought it up to Tony on the kick where he said, you know, kick it short here or, or something, you know, don't kick it in the end. zone. So he brought it and said, Tony, and then Tony did a good job explaining why. Um, and on the flip side of all this, as I wrote on, on Monday, I thought Aikman was brilliant. Uh, in the Niners Rams game, he is, I think he has made himself clearly the top analyst in the game. And what I wrote on Monday, there's no other NFL analyst who will criticize everything is, you know, mm-hmm. a guy could throw four interceptions and, you know, the analyst will say something like, you know, well, you know, the sun's in his eyes. Tony goes out that uh, Troy goes out there and Troy lets it rip. And he does it. He doesn't do it in a talk radio way. He doesn't do it in no. a nasty way. You know, he had the one line about Garoppolo that was so subtle where he said the Rams aren't aren't able to run the ball today. I'm afraid it's going to be up to Jimmy Garoppolo. That's all you needed. And then the, right there, the next drive, incomplete, delay a game, incompleting. You couldn't drew it up any better if you were Troy Aikman and, out on Fox on Sunday. That was an incredible line. I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people landed on that line on Twitter because it sounded so savage. I'm not 100% sure it was meant to be because if you listen, yeah. he's, it almost like he's saying, unfortunately, you know, they they want to run the ball here, but but it just came out. And you're right. It's in keeping with the way Troy's been talking the last couple of years. Right. And you're right. It's not a talk radio way. It's almost like I'm really disappointed in you. <laughs> you know, like yes. I know yeah. what it takes to be a great right. quarterback. I won three Super Bowls. You're not being a great quarterback today, and I'm going to be disappointed in you on the air. And yeah. I agree, it works. Yeah. And that's and that's that goes to the point I was making a second ago. These guys can change, like they can get better. It yeah. doesn't mean they necessarily will, or they can get worse, as we saw with Phil Sims and put people like that over the yeah. course of their careers. And he's really just figured something out. 
I also say, by the way, I think the A teams right now, if we go Collinsworth, the three big ones, Collinsworth, Aikman, and, uh, and Romo, are just about as good as I ever remember it being on TV. I agree. Yep. I agree. I mean, if you go back and look at like, we, you and I got in a time machine when went to like 1990 right now. We'd have Madden, but I, I think it would be a big, you know, fall off. I, and yeah. I don't think it would be nearly as good. The only guy I think you, from the past who would be on that was, um, Emberg. Emberg was really good as, as a league guy for NBC. That was now we're going NBC today. He did CBS, but by then he was on some of the lower games. But his yeah, I was talking was- analyst, but yeah, sure. Oh, but, I'm sorry, analyst. Way, yeah. Right. Um yeah, you'd have to go back to Madden. Probably um, yeah. Um, no one really I was never a Gruden guy on ESPN. No. Um yeah, no, no, no spider right. web. Spider web banana's not in the uh, not in the pandemic. <laughs> and the and the other thing about Troy about that comment you're right because if you read it it's different than if you heard it you 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 nailed it on the head it was like this but i and there was a second where i thought to myself because i tweeted out and i said did he mean it the way he said it and then i thought to myself well listen if the quarterback was brady or rogers or maybe even stafford i don't think he would have used that i'm afraid it's gonna have to be line so i think he got his message across um the way he wanted it uh, and it and goes speaking to Troy's of sensibility yeah. too, right? Troy's a, Troy's a Super Bowl quarterback, right? Tony Romo. Right. And again, I don't want to just run this in the ground, but like Tony Romo didn't win a Super Bowl. Tony Romo didn't make an right. NFC championship game as a quarterback. I don't, I, I don't understand why the other analysts are afraid to take on the refs. Troy's the only one who does it. I mean, they're so bad sometimes. Yeah. And then my favorite is when, I mean, this is a pet peeve of mine that I, I rant about all the time, but my it happened again on Sunday where they brought in Pereira to just tell us what we just saw. It's like, well, we just saw that. We don't need him to come in and say, that's what we just saw. Yeah, man, it's just, you know. My favorite moment like that on Sunday was um, Evan Washburn, who was, you know, CBS had two uh, sideline reporters. Yep. We saw uh, the Bengals tight end go off in the cart. And then like a couple minutes later, they go to Evan Washburn. He goes, yeah, you can't put any weight on the leg. I was <laughs> like, oh, was that why he was riding in the cart? Okay. Well, thank yeah. You. Thanks for yeah. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. They, yeah. I, I, the, the rules analyst thing, you know, there's the one play where the Niners, you know, was it, I'm trying to think. So one of the teams on fourth and one ran the fullback. He was clearly short. The spot was yeah. bad. And they bring him. I'm like, I don't, I, the spot's bad. I don't need Mike Prayer to tell me the spot's bad. I got eyes. <laughs> Joe, was, Joe was good on the refs too. You know, he went that, because when that spot that McVeigh challenged, and he pointed out that the refs had actually had a really generous spot, you know, the first right. time even for the Rams that was also short of the first down. Right. So they've gotten Al Michaels is good at, at chewing on the refs a little bit. That 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 absolutely needs to be a component of a great announcement. Absolutely. Play You're right. Play Al, Al will chew. I just thought of the other one, going back to the Romo one, that that was a bad one for Romo was um, the Chiefs challenged a spot where they did get it on a fourth and one and they ran the fullback. And they marked it short. He clearly got it. And then Tony said they lost. They lost the challenge. And Nance had to correct him on the air. That's the stuff you can't get wrong. That you can't get wrong. Yeah, there was that exchange where they were talking about how now he's used up his challenge. Does he have to get the next one right? And I came right. out being like, I think I understand the rule before you started talking, but after you start talking, I didn't understand the rule anymore. Which is you have to know that. You have to. Um, you mentioned Al a couple of times. He was Al Michaels was on your podcast this week on, on the Press Box podcast. Al doing the round. So he was on McAfee, I think, yesterday. And now he's got the Super Bowl, so it makes sense that NBC would put him out there. Um, 
And it's funny because he's doing all he, he was on my podcast recently. He's doing all these interviews, but can't, you know, say he's going to Amazon when everyone knows he's going to Amazon, which is which is amusing. And I did say on this pod, I had when I had Deitch on a couple of weeks ago, I said, if I'm Al and, you know, you take you're going to take a hit if you're going to be a guy who takes someone's job. But if you're Al, you do have the option if you don't want to end your career on Amazon with five million people watching you to call ESPN and say, hey, if you need someone from Monday Night Football, here I am, where, you know, I think the booth they have now is sort of stabilized things, but it's not what probably ESPN wants. Um, so- Which would be amazing. I mean, you know, and, and look, ESPN's in the Super Bowl rotation, though it's a little ways out, right? So would Al be yep. going, you know, five years or whatever it would take to get to that Super Bowl? I can't remember exactly how many years it is. I mean, I think to me, the thing about him is it's, and again, this is just me sort of guessing and putting things together a little bit, but part of it's comfort, right? Like Freddie Gadella, he's worked with for so long, right. who does such a good job on Sunday night football. So if Freddie's involved in some way in, you know, in Amazon or overseeing Amazon, then that's really to Al for ESPN producers who have not figured out Monday night football yet, despite three or four, however many tries you want to put at it. Like, I just, I just, I kind of can't imagine that, you know, is it, even though yeah. Monday night is going to have a, better schedule. Probably it's going to be a little more prominent. You can do crossovers with ABC and that kind of stuff. I just, yeah, it feels like he is. And I'm glad he, I mean, it's fun to have him do kind of a valedictory because, you know, when he was coming on my pod this week, I was like, he's doing, he's doing the, doing the primetime game in the NFL for 36 years. Yeah. 36 well, this is, years, 1986. This, like he's in the yeah. second Reagan administration. Al started doing the primetime game. And this has been my whole thing throughout this. It's very simple. I get that NBC hired Tirico and they're paying Tirico a lot of money. And I think Tirico is great on play by play. This has nothing to do with Mike Tirico. I, he, he'd be fine as a number one announcer. What irritates me about this is Al's had no drop off in his yeah. production. And that's what's irritating to me. He's clearly this is me saying this. He's clearly being pushed out because he's 77. I don't think it's because NBC doesn't want to pay Tariko and Michaels at the same time or something. I think it's clearly an age thing. I really do. And what's interesting is usually when this happens, there is a drop off, you know, right. summer all that last season with Madden, which was, I think the O two Super Bowl O one season, if I'm getting my years right, like mm-hmm. it was, he was, it was, oh, you know, it was yeah. time. For him not to be the number one announcer. And we've seen this in multiple sports. But you're right. Al could, you know, run back on the field and do Sunday night next year and be great. You know, yeah. it's it is different. And it's funny because he's 77. Usually with these guys who are the ageless announcer, when they get early 70s, you just like 73, 74, you just it's just harder to do. You know, you're right. just keeping them up and you see you tend to see a little bit of a drop up, but certainly not the case in, in his case. Yeah. It is interesting because you know that Amazon wants that instant credibility, which is yep. what Al would give them. And Amazon can pay like no network can pay. <laughs> anyway. So it, it's, you know, the networks are going to be screwed. I think, you know, from that, you know, if, 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 if Amazon wants Al and Troy Aikman, they can get them very easily because it'll be like, you know, $20 to you and I, I mean, it's whatever they want. Amazon and let's say, pay. let's say if he does do this, it's a great landing spot, you know, as these things go, because you and I both know television, it often does not end well, you know, for people, especially even some of the people who are on the rush more of announcing, you know, they, they want to keep going and it doesn't end well. And here you have a situation where he's going to go to a Thursday game. 
it'll be, he's not going to, you know, Al would never go be the number two guy at a network or something like that. He's going to be in his own thing. He'll have a great analyst, whoever it is. He'll have great production. That, that that's, if that, if that is where he goes and that's where, you know, the end of his career is, that, that's pretty, again, let's, let's go back and look at Dick Enberg, you know, doing the number two game on CBS and some of these other ones. I, I think that's a, I think that's a really good spot for him. Uh, yeah. I see that. I don't, I don't, I don't agree real. I don't know. You want to, I mean, if you on, look, it'd be better to Amazon. do Sunday night until he wants to stop. And then right. well, like John Madden did and then walk away and there's a sunset, but. Well, I thought it was, I thought it was very, very interesting. Uh, I wrote about this as well this week. Troy was on Richard Deitch's podcast last week. And Troy admitted, which I mean, this is, you know, going back to Troy being honest. I mean, Troy admitted and said, yes, it is a factor that if I do a Fox 425 game, there's 20, 25 million people watching. And on Amazon, it's probably going to be like 5 million, 6 million people. He said that is a factor. And most announcers would say, you know, oh, well, you know, I, I don't care how many I'm doing. You know, it's my <laughs> job and I give the same effort, you know. So I give Troy credit for admitting. That. I don't know if Al feels that way, but um, Troy at least said that's a fact. Now, again. When Jeff Bezos those hands Jeff Bezos hands Troy a blank check, and you know Sunday at four twenty five we could say au revoir and you know move on. With yeah, that. there's still a hybrid option, right? That he does both. Right, right. Yeah, he had said that on my pod where maybe it's a situation where he just does the the late window on Sundays and um because then you know if they go to Amazon too they don't get a playoff game they get no postseason action as well I think that's probably a factor for both of them too. We're used to these guys being very exclusive to one network. Yeah. But, you know, and we've started to see a little crossover with like the Bill Raftery types or Charles Barkley, who is seemingly available for every single sports <laughs> television program in America, despite yeah. working for Turner. Yeah. But, you know, there's no reason why you can't have crossover. Right. You I know, agree. other than contracts. And yeah. it makes it kind of cool. I, I always like it when people do that. Yeah, I agree with you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Last thing on, on the on the sort of the AFC NFC title game weekend, the the CBS halftime show. <laughs> you know, I thought it was one of the great. I, I saw people like people were like, "How can you allow this? This is so so impressive. This is the greatest halftime show in the history of television." <laughs> that was the cruelest part of it, right? No, was there so was cool. nobody on Twitter who said I wanted to hear what Bill Cowher had to say about the first half. And and no one Nobody. stopped watching. No one, you know, usually <laughs> halftime, that's when you go into the bathroom and getting something to eat. And you were like, no way, I got to see how this plays out. Oh my gosh. And you just look at these people and like, you know, Boomer was the one guy who kind of was like, hey, can we talk about the fact that we're being drowned out by a country music superstar yeah. right now? But everybody else was just soldiering on like, yeah, screaming at the top of their lungs. It. 
Yeah. yeah. And like, no, no, no. And Boomer's like, no, no, nobody can hear the point I'm about to make in exactly 19 seconds or whatever it is. So I guess Boomer had said on his radio show the next morning that they knew there was going to be a concert going on at halftime. What they didn't know is that the speaker was going to be right behind them. So <laughs> okay. that's, a, that's a tough break for, for that halftime crew. That's for sure. It seems like something that CBS, the major rights holder who was, and don't forget Romo and Nance were bragging about the fact that the set was right next to the field. Did you remember that at the end of right. the first half? Like they're going to blow up this baby and it's going to be right here. So I also everybody knew this was happening. I also don't understand though why they go on the road for these games. I don't like it looks cool. It does. Oh well, uh, I mean that's the theory. Yeah, that's a bad theory. We're stay on the site. Studio. Stay in the studio. Nobody cares if you're on site. Nobody cares. Speaking of on site, um, the Super Bowl. So I was wondering, you know, I've had, you know, before we started this, you asked me if I was going to be on LA. I've had people ask me, a couple of people have asked me about it. And in my head, I know maybe this is because I'm in New York or whatever. Like I was still thinking like with COVID, maybe there'd be some, um, it wouldn't be as busy as it normally is, but it sounds like this is going to be like full-blown Super Bowl COVID be damned, which is interesting because like I said, I'm here in New York, but everything you read is like LA is on lockdown and everyone has to wear masks, even if they're inside their house under the covers. Like, I don't know what's going on. In it. So um you're going to LA. What's the situation with the COVID like radio row? Can you share some insight on all that? Yeah, it's been really interesting because I've been kind of waiting to get those emails. You know, would you be interested in talking to Christian McCaffrey on behalf of vitamin water? Oh, I can't wait to discuss this with you, but go ahead. Keep going. I I got one today, by the way, yesterday that was like, it was an NFL player and it said, but you cannot talk about injuries, roster moves or coaching. I'm like, okay, well, it sounds like that's going to be a scintillating radio row uh, interview. I know from talking to a few of my colleagues here at The Ringer that some of the Radio Row stuff is a few of them are on Zoom. They're like offering people okay, get the right. quarterback, but he's at a remote location. But the names I've seen are the major stars of the NFL doing the rounds on Radio Row. Interesting. So this craven, ridiculous tradition of which, Jimmy, I cannot wait to be a part of, let me tell yeah. you, is apparently going ahead. Full steam ahead. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, if Radio Row was one of the casualties of COVID, it would not have been a bad thing. It's really the worst <laughs> thing in the world. Radio How dare Row. you, sir? How dare I, you? Yeah. Let, I, me, let me tell you this. It's terrible. Yeah. It's a terrible listen. It oh is my terrible God, it's to horrific have, to have Kirk horrific. Cousins for sleep number or whatever we're subjected to. And they do that. I love the don't you love the transition? on the radio row interview where you get like three football questions and you go, Hey, Kurt, tell us what you're doing for right, sleep right. number. You know? So a couple of things on that. So, uh, you know, here in New York, I'm obviously a long time, you know, Mike and the mad dog listener. And sure. they always claim they, inv- one the only good thing about radio row is that every single year on the first show from radio row, Mike and the mad dog would open the show with 20 minutes on how they invented radio row. That was the <laughs> I yearly talked to mad dog about that. Like two years ago on radio row. I not, I, right. So, you know, these two guys show. come out every year. We're here at radio row. You know, we, we were the first ones to ever do this. We invented it. It's a phenomenal ego trip. And, Francesa, he got to the point when he was solo, when he was on Radio Row, he would literally do the interview and then go, all right, what are you plugging? (laughs) And like, I had more respect for that than for the people who don't do it that way. Um, Yeah, it is interesting because I did get a pitch for a top NFL guy for a virtual interview. Mm -hmm. 
they wanted to do it on the Friday before. And I'm just like, this has no shelf life on a, like you can't interview someone on a Friday at four o'clock about the Super Bowl. Like it just, you know. Um, oh, wait, the Friday before the game. Yeah. Which is actually so, you know, uh, you, we talked about this last year. You had me on your show or two years ago when we actually had Radio Row. Because okay. there's an ascending yeah, you, order order yeah. of guests. You're a Monday guy. If you're really crappy, you're a Monday right. guy. You're slightly better than crappy. You're a Tuesday guy. Yeah. And then Wednesday. And then like Russell Wilson is a Thursday guy. Right. That's the right. zenith of Radio Row. And then Friday, and I think I forgot to put this in the piece, but Friday, it, there's a slight tick down. Right. You're kind of back to like a Tuesday go, guy. Because the people go home who don't want to go to the game. Exactly. A lot of them. And, yeah. and everybody yeah. wants to go to the parties Thursday night, and then they fly home. You're right, on Friday. I, so I should tell. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, let me just tell from the yeah, yeah. From, from the point of view of you and me, and this is why I was asking if you're going to be out here. The magic of Radio Row is nothing that is said. It is no segment that is recorded. It is seeing all of the people from the Disneyland of sports radio in person. Because you and yes. I are both huge yes. sports radio listeners, right? And these people kind of exist in this vacuum you know i know some of them do simulcasts on youtube and all this stuff but you look around you're like oh my god there's jim rome right and oh and here's mad dog over here and here's mike florio uh, and here you know and and it's just like you you've just disneyland is really what it's like yeah because they all have big sets there's this idiotic competition to build these huge sets so right. I have the bigger set because I'm I'm a national guy. I'm not a I'm not a local guy. And then you look over here and it's Drive Time Tampa, and they don't have anything. They have like kind of like a banner, yeah. and they're doing the. I mean, yeah. it's just fantastic. I love it. And they're all excited to get you know, the Colts third string running back. Like that <laughs> if they can get that, you know, I should tell everyone listening to this, everyone, all my listeners out there. Brian wrote a phenomenal column about Radio Row two or three years ago. Google it on the ringer. Brian Curtis, Radio Row. It's a great column. Um, and that was the other thing, you know, and I don't, I don't think I realized the conveyor belt aspect of it until really Twitter started and I started really paying close attention mm-hmm. to media because it would be like, you know, the WFAN, you know, whoever was on in the morning would tweet out something like, oh, we had Eric Dickerson on and then a half hour later, ESPN's morning radio show would tweet out, oh, Eric Dickerson just joined us. And then a half hour later, the Dan Patrick show would tweet out, oh, Eric Dickerson just joined us. And then <laughs> half hour later, Jim Rome would tweet out, oh, Eric Dickerson just joined us. And then you, then I realized like what a joke the whole thing really is. I'm starting to see a pattern that Eric yeah. Dickerson has is suddenly in. in ab- I just used him as because I think I got pitched. I got pitched Eric Dickerson, I think, this week or something like that. That's like so. the perfect radio row. Guest. guy yeah because eric dickerson has kind of been what is he he's doing he's been doing stuff lately i can't remember what oh he does book i believe so you know like if you have a if you have a product if you know there's the there's the like vitamin water level radio row like you've just been matched with some random thing and then there's the right. i actually have written something or something yeah yeah it, it's See, wild and, and my thing with this podcast is i have this and, and i'm not saying it's right but just my own mentality, I have this huge thing where like, I don't want anyone on when they're on five other shows that week promoting no. their book or whatever. I just don't want it. And I mean, who was it? There was someone that was on literally every show in America last week. Who was? It? Oh, Jay Glazer. I think I might actually have on actually, but, but <laughs> you just waited a week. Yeah. You could not possibly do. Yeah. Like I'd rather have that guy last than in the middle of the scrum, mm-hmm. but you could not have done more shows than he did to promote his book. And if you're in the middle of that, I don't understand what the benefit is, but that's just me. 
Yeah, it's, um, you know, and, and that's Radio Row for a week. And the funny thing is in the pre-Twitter era, this worked because in Dallas, for instance, you'd be like, wow, you know, the uh, Dallas radio station got Eric Dickerson or got, you know, right. Justin right. Herbert. This is right. awesome. Right. And, and it would kind of confer upon the local guy. Oh, yeah, you're getting really the big name guest. Never mind. You don't know that Eric Dickerson also just did New Orleans and Nashville and everything else. It's funny. You mentioned the guy, Christian McCaffrey. He's a big Radio Row guy. And I think there was a Super Bowl where he couldn't get into Radio Row. Like he didn't have his credential and they wouldn't let him in, which is actually pretty amusing. (laughs) There's also this whole and I won't put Christian McCaffrey quite in there yet because he's still pretty young. But there's this whole kind of class of NFL athlete, often quarterbacks who become the eternal Radio Row guy. Because yes. they never make the Super Bowl, so they're never busy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember I like I got weirdly Kirk Cousins was there a couple years ago. Yeah, and I was kind of like I was you know just looking for notes for that Radio Row piece, and I went and talked to the people who were handling Kirk Cousins just to get some material. And they and then I remember this woman running across the convention center to me and go, "Oh, I got you, Kirk Cousins tomorrow," and I was like thinking like I don't I don't think I want Kirk Cousins. Right. I have nothing to ask Kirk Cousins. And then, she, and then she, she really was, pers- and I kind of said, oh, we'll get back to you. And no, no, we got you down. And so I showed up and I had this incredibly uh, stilted conversation with Kirk Cousins where I finally, you know, asked him like, what's it sort of like to be on Radio Row year after year? And he said, you know, I'd really love to be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing. If you don't make the Super Bowl, I would think you'd want to be home relaxing or following mm-hmm. and not making the Super Bowl, not at Radio A Row. lot of money though. It's a lot of money to do a couple hours of interviews. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. One other thing on the Super Bowl, going back to the broadcast, the NBC pregame show this year starts at noon. That's got to wow. be the earliest ever, if I'm not mistaken. Are we sure about that? And uh, has a pregame show ever started earlier than noon on Super Bowl Sunday? I don't. I don't. I don't put it past. I feel like that. Like when we in the last twenty years, there's been a there's been a press release that went out that said a supersized pregame show, right. the longest ever. Well, NBC has enough people where they need to start at noon. It's, Don't you love how they do that thing where they throw down, where they do the questions in the studio with Tony Dungy, and then they throw it down to the field with Jack Collinsworth and like Rodney Harrison. And they do Rodney, the same yeah. questions. And I'm like, no, I just heard, I right. just heard this. Why are we doing this twice? I just, the amount of people on that show is, is just mind boggling. I mean, every time you, they, they run a new segment, there's like three new people on this set. I'm like, where, what, what is going on with it? Why are there so many people on this show? <laughs> And they do this um, thing that all the pregame shows or postgame halftime, everything does where maybe I bored you with this before, but okay. So I give a, I, okay, here's my, I give 20 seconds on what just happened. And then you give 20 seconds on something else that just happened. 
And then the third person does another 26, but nobody ever talks to each other. Right. It's not like Turner where Kenny Smith says, Hey, Charles Barkley, the thing you just said is wrong and insane. (laughs) Right. You never find out what the other person thinks of what the first person said. The world like they're doing like a a three man weave down the court and you're going, what is happening? Like what, why doesn't anybody talk to each other? It drives me nuts when I'm watching those shows. The world would absolutely stop completely. If someone on an NFL pregame show turned to someone else and said, you don't know what you're talking about, like (laughs) like Charles and Kenny, it would just stop. Like, could you imagine like there is you are not allowed to go off script on those shows. I mean, and and it's amazing that they don't see Charles and Kenny and Shaq and say, oh, maybe that works. Nope. Like you said, you say your thing, you say your thing, you say your thing, commercial and plug our fantasy gambling site and get back to the game. It's weird because it's inhuman because that's not how people talk. Like when I go to the bar, my five friends don't all say things in a row and then we change the topic. And the second thing is I find about it is that they actually just wind up hitting you with too many points. So if you hear five people make five different points and go to commercial, I'm sitting there as a football fan going, what did anybody just say? Like, just maybe tell me one thing or two things, one for each team. And I'm going, you just told me like 10 things and I, I have no idea what, <laughs> I couldn't even repeat to you what one person said. And that's why everyone got a kick out of the show getting drowned out during the chiefs Bengals game. That was a bigger highlight than anything else that would happen. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Cause I, I, I probably shouldn't even ask you this cause it just happened, but just, if you, if you got something off the top of your head a little while, I guess a couple hours before we started taping, there was this big news with Jeff Zucker resigning from CNN. Mm-hmm. For listeners who don't know, he also runs Turner Sports, which is a big deal because they have the NBA and the NHL and some golf. What do you, Does this mean anything for sports fans? I mean, it seems like, I mean, listen, it's a huge story, obviously, in the media world. But in terms of just Turner Sports, probably not a whole hell of a lot's going to change, I would imagine. No, it's interesting because, you know, I remember asking about him a couple of years ago, you know, when he was kind of got more sort of, you know, kind of a bigger kingdom there within the that whole sort of world. And, you know, weirdly, Turner has been kind of very, very stable, you know, Marv yeah. left and, and they sort of done that sort of succession kind of thing. But really, other than adding the NHL, they've been this enormous kind of, you know, stable thing, starting with the NBA pregame show so no i don't i don't have a sense and i have a if i had to guess i'd guess that that stuff stays very very similar yeah i I would i would agree um i appreciate you coming on enjoy radio row you got the super bowl with uh al and chris probably their last game together it's gonna be interesting that that Amazon Thursday night just to wrap it up with it the analyst gig there is what's gonna be interesting you figure al's going there they talk about Troy. I think Breeze having such a bad game in that playoff game messed up some plans. And I, I hate even saying that. Like, it's the guy's first game, and you don't want to, like, say the guy stinks. But And I wrote this. To me, the hit really should be on NBC more than Breeze. NBC had absolutely zero business giving him that assignment. He wasn't ready. No way. He wasn't, yeah, exactly. And it's your job, I think, to get him ready. or And if, and if not, you know, then put somebody else in that slot. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And it goes back to what we were saying a minute ago. When he, if he comes back next year and does Notre Dame stuff and, you know, does the pregame show, I think it's absolutely worth giving him another look. I don't, I think, and, and just right. being open-minded because again, people get better, people change all that stuff. And I think that's the way to think about him, but you're right. It's not, it's not happening right now. 
and right. it shouldn't and, happen right now. And the and other, the other thing, thing is, you're doing a national playoff game. Like the, the expectations are you're going to be good. And I'd hear a lot of people, well, people are being so mean. It's national television. I don't know what's the right. It's a playoff game. Right. hundred percent. And I, and again, to me, the hit is more NBA because that's the other thing too. I'm sorry. I don't care what the history is. I don't care what you want to say about Notre Dame football, Notre Dame football uh, against, you know, North Carolina on Saturday at two 30 on NBC against 50 other college football games is not even remotely in the same arena as an NFL playoff game. And to no. think he could just make that jump is absurd. I think there's like this little, a little bit of the like NBC Notre Dame arrogance, like, Oh, he did Notre Dame. He can do an NFL. Play. No, it's that, that is child's play compared to the NFL playoffs, Notre Dame football. Sorry. You know what scared me about Brees? Was it that? wasn't that he was a little tongue tied or just kind of getting a, you know, getting a handle on the mechanics of broadcasting. Cause that's everybody. Usually right. when they start, they're kind of, how do I talk in 20 second bites and how do I come in here? It was that he didn't have any points to make. He did. It wasn't, it was like, he didn't have anything to say. Right. And to me, if I'm looking at a young, youngish, in his case, announcer, the thing that I want is, is that you have things to say. And we can help you figure out how to say them in the confines of a football game on television. It scares me more that you don't have anything to say. You have no points to make about the team or the situation in the game. And that, that to me is what worries me about him. And maybe again, maybe it was a bad game. No, you're dead on because what I had written after that was that from a media analyst standpoint, it was fascinating to listen to because Tariko ended up doing both jobs for a lot of that game. He did. He really did. It was he did. very impressive Mike Tariko game because he was 100%. Trying. Yeah, he, he was, was great. He was trying. great. And yeah, and you know, I mean, and that shows you, you know, he's there with a guy who's never done an NFL uh, playoff game. He's only done one or two NFL games, I guess, on uh, maybe Thanksgiving or something that he did. But, you know, guy has no experience with the NFL. And, you know, Tariko carried him there and ended up doing. But I mean, Tariko's great, which is what makes the whole Al thing messed up because, you know, you don't want to knock. It has nothing to do with Tariko that they're pushing Al out, but that's just a crummy situation. So it reminded me of somebody having a bad podcast guest and the host is, you know, (laughs) just trying to pull the anecdotes out. Come on now. Give me I've got to say, I've been lucky. I really have not had that. I mean, I had that many, many years ago with maybe like an athlete pushing product. And then I realized don't put athletes on who are pushing product, but I got to say, I've been very lucky. I very rarely get, Someone who I think, I mean, it happens once, once in a while, but until today, very lucky until today, you had a pretty good thing. going. Today was excellent. There was a lot to cover and we did it and I appreciate it. Uh, Everyone check out Brian's writing on the ringer and listen to the uh, press box podcast. Like I said, Al Michaels on this week. And uh, will will you write another like radio row opus again? I I hope (laughs) so. I have to convince my editors maybe that radio row is as fascinating as you and I uh, find radio row, but let's not rule anything out. I'd love to. I'd love to read about it again. All right. Stay safe and uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. Thanks, Jimmy. Always great to talk to you. All right. My thanks to Brian Curtis. We had a lot to cover. He did a great job as always. Appreciate him coming on. If you missed last week's show, we had three guests, which is unusual. Roman Reigns, Joe Buck, Jim Nance. Check that out. All three were outstanding. And if you could leave a review and subscribe to the pod, that helps as well. And uh, it is much appreciated. All right. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Stay safe and take care.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.